Good morning, and uh, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to John chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 1. This is a very well-known passage of Scripture, and we'll read together. John 4, starting to read at verse 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, although in fact it wasn't Jesus who baptised, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Galilee and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan, a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews had no association with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true, sir, the woman said. I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. Well, God will add a blessing to the reading of his word before we look at it. Let's just pray together. Oh, Father, we do thank you again that as we gather around your word that you can just speak to us through these words that we might know more about you. And we pray that you will just open our hearts and open our eyes, that we might receive the blessing that you have prepared for us. 
for those of us who know you, that we might be encouraged, and if there's any who do not know you, that their hearts might be opened and drawn to you, that they might then know you as their Saviour. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we've read um, from the New Testament, but I want us to, first of all, go back to the Old Testament and consider the prophet Isaiah. You see, the prophet Isaiah, he lived about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, during the time when God's people, who because of their rejection of God, were living in, a, in captivity in Babylon. Life for them had changed drastically, and it seemed that there was very little light at the end of what was a dark tunnel. But Isaiah was sent by God, sent with a message for the people of his day. But the message that God had given him also extended into the future, a future far beyond his lifetime. This message was also meant for those people who were around at the time of the birth of Jesus and for us today. And it will be for others who will live beyond our lifetime. The book of Isaiah is quite a long book. It's 66 chapters long. And in it we have important glimpses, glimpses of the baby who was to be born in Bethlehem. The one who would be the man who would walk the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem. The saviour who would die, who rose again and who would ascend into heaven and who will return as the king whose reign is eternal. So who is this person that Isaiah speaks about? Well, this person is Jesus. And what was God's message for the people in Isaiah's day? Well, first of all, Isaiah's message was to God's people, God's chosen nation, Israel. And part of it was to remind them that they had turned their backs on God and that they only had themselves to blame for the state that they were in. As I said, they were living as captives in Babylon. But God had heard their cry. And he would prepare a way for them to be set free from their bondage and be given the opportunity to turn their lives back to God. God's message to them has not changed. That's because people have not changed. Even us today, we still live as imperfect people, living in what is, as we all know, an imperfect world. And I'm just going to quote a verse from Romans in the New Testament, which I quoted many times, but I'm going to quote it again. The verse is, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this is the message that the Apostle Paul took to the people of his day. And this is the message that applies to us in our day, as it did in the days of Isaiah. This message is for all. This message is for all to hear. This message is for all who have heard, and this message requires a response to God and to what God is saying. You know, last Sunday we uh, finished looking at the uh, the first missionary journey of um, Paul and Barnabas. But we finished with God's words as recorded for us by Isaiah. It is a call for us to listen to him, 
and then for us to respond to what he is telling us. This verse is found in Isaiah 55, and it's verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I have desired and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And what I want us to do this morning, I want us to listen to what the Lord is saying to us, not only through the words of Isaiah, but also through the words of Jesus. But firstly, let's stay with Isaiah and just consider this verse from the same chapter 55, but this is verse 1. And in this verse, we are given an invitation. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So, what I want us to concentrate on this morning is that first part of the verse, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. The invitation. You know, it's always nice to receive an invitation. It, it does make us feel, feel special. We know that not everyone will have been invited to this birthday party or wedding celebration or maybe even a civic event. The thing that we have been asked to be part of because an invitation is always a request for us to be involved. And this invitation here is an open invitation. Do you know anybody who has never been thirsty? Well, I don't. <laughs> we all have been thirsty at some time or other. But when Isaiah talks about coming to the water, he is not speaking about what we know as H2O. He's speaking metaphorically about water. Water that will quench a spiritual thirst and not the water that will quench a natural thirst. So, what is this water that Isaiah is introducing us to? Well, if we go to Isaiah chapter 41, um, a couple of verses from there, verse 17, the poor and needy search for water but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. The God of Israel will not forsake them. And if we read uh, verse 3 of that chapter, this gives us an indication of what Isaiah is really speaking about here, because he says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out, and this is it, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. This is a hint to what I said earlier about what Isaiah had to say was for all generations, including us. So he's speaking here about the work of the Holy Spirit. And this brings us to the passage that we read together from the New Testament that brings with it the same invitation, talking about the same water. This time, we're going to look at it from the words of Jesus. Now, the passage that we read, John 4. Let me start with verse 14, uh, 13 and 14 of that passage. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become 
become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Now, in the light of the invitation offered by the prophet Isaiah to those who thirst, and the invitation offered to this woman in Samaria by Jesus, I want us to see the contrast between what we've mentioned as H2O, the literal water, and the water that Jesus and Isaiah are offering. And Jesus is offering it in this passage, which, as I've said, is the same water that we read about in Isaiah. And we're going to see that one water brings temporal release, and the other, or the other water brings eternal satisfaction. So let's have a look at this passage, John 4, 1 through to 26, uh, very often known as the story of the woman at the well. And we see in verse 1 to 3 that Jesus had to leave Jerusalem and go to Galilee, but he didn't take the usual route. He didn't take the direct route. He took a different route. We read about that in verse 4 through to 6. Now, he had to go through Samaria. This is not that he had to in as much as he was forced to. This is because he wanted to do because wanted to because he knew he needed to so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon this speaks to us of the humanity of Jesus he was tired like you and I get tired but Jesus went out of his way and he went out of his way literally for a reason so let's look at verse 7 through to 11. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews had no association with Samaritans. You see, that's a long story this, but basically the Samaritans were a mixed race, partly Jew, partly Gentile and they had set up their own way of worshipping God. You know, many people do that, don't they? They have their own way of worshipping God. But you know, there's only one way, and that is through Jesus. So as we read on, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with that and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? You see, the woman's reaction is one of interest. She's interest, interested in what Jesus is saying, but she has reservations. And this is because she doesn't know who Jesus is. So we go on to verse 12 through to 14. And she said, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Well, we know the truth is that Jesus is not only greater than Jacob, he's greater than Moses, and we read how great he is in, in the book of Hebrews. And this woman, she's on the road, the road to where? The road to finding out just how great Jesus really is. You know, that's a good road to be on. And then we read, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up, get this, to eternal life. 
You see, this is the water that brings eternal satisfaction. But in verse 13, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. You see, the woman is looking for something that will make her life easier. She can't see beyond material benefits. And what Jesus is offering here will last into eternity. But she's still thinking of the water that can do no more than make her life a little easier. Then we have Jesus reply to her where he changes the discussion. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. You see, Jesus is reminding her of the lack of satisfaction that she and we can have from material things. Many people chase after these things. But she said, what you have just said is quite true, sir, the woman said. I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. You know, this conversation was starting to become a little bit personal. So she moves the subject to religion, which only exposes her lack of understanding. But she is beginning to see that Jesus is no ordinary man. So we come to verse 23 to 24. Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. So here the woman is told that the water that Jesus is speaking about is the Holy Spirit and that the reference to water in the well is a metaphorical reference to something far greater. And the woman goes on, she said, Now that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. You know, this was a great revelation to the woman. She knew about the Messiah, but she didn't realize until this point that Jesus is the Messiah. Listen to what the woman told the people in her village, and this is after hearing Jesus say, I am he. This is, I am. This drew her attention. She now sees who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? Well, what was the result of this woman's encounter with Jesus? Well, we can read on in that passage of John chapter 4. And in verse 39 to 42, this is what we, we hear. 
Many other Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. You know, this woman and this village found out these things. And the whole town believed in him. They believed in him initially from the woman's testimony. But then the words of Jesus Many more became believers. And what did they know? They knew that this man really is the saviour of the world. As we draw to a close this morning, let's go back to the words of Isaiah. This is Isaiah 55 verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. This is the words of God as recorded for us by the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah in that first verse of chapter 51 that we've looked at this morning, Come all ye who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. You see, there's no price to salvation other than the price that Jesus paid. But we have the words recorded for us by the Apostle John as spoken by Jesus in fulfilment of what Isaiah prophesied. And here's some more words in John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39. On the last day, the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. This is the invitation. Whoever believes in me as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is the response. And then it goes on, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. That's the result. So this invitation is extended to us. For us to turn from wanting an easy life to accepting an eternal life. How? By knowing and trusting in Jesus. You know, I'm going to finish uh, this morning by just quoting one very well-known verse and I make no excuses for quoting this. It's again from John's Gospel and it's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the satisfaction that only Jesus can bring, a satisfaction that is eternal. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you again for our time as we've gathered around your word this morning. We ask your blessing upon us as we consider these things. We've heard the words of the prophet Isaiah and we've seen these prophecies come true. The things that he said about this person who is Jesus. And we've also 
Listen to the words of Jesus himself as he spoke to the Samaritan woman. And our Father, we pray that we will have heard the words that you have spoken to us today through your servants, through your word, the Bible, through the scriptures. And our Father, we pray that we might know the truth of that gift of eternal life. Our Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. We ask it. Amen.